0: Good morning. Welcome here. Great to have you here today. I'm Norm Byers. Uh, We are studying the Gospel of Mark. We're studying the Gospel of Mark, and we're in this part of the book that we're calling On the Road You Do Not Expect. We're leading up to Easter. We're leading up to the crucifixion and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And last week, we began a two-weeker, if you will, on uh, Mark 13, Pastor Scott started it off. He did the first uh, part of this, uh, Mark chapter 13, and it's all about what's to come. It's like the end times type stuff. And so we thought it would be worth taking two weeks uh, to talk about this. So I'm going to give you a little review from last week, and then um, we're going to read the scripture for today. I'm going to have. Uh, Connor uh, Rice come up and read the Scripture in just a moment. But let me do a little review from last week. Mark chapter 13, by the way, found on page 1303 in the Journey Bible, if you want to open up there so that you can kind of look. Um, And it's all about Jesus predicting what's going to happen. He's foretelling. He's saying these are the future events that are going to come. And let me just briefly go through this. First, the temple is going to be destroyed in Jerusalem. And that happened in 70 A.D., about 30 years after uh, this prophecy. And it was divine judgment. And then the the next uh, point here that Jesus introduces is what I'm going to call the birth pangs era. And it goes from verses 5 to 13. And of course, this is metaphorical language for a period of time of upheavals, of challenges that... That mirror the physical and the emotional intensity of labor pains and it's times of wars and rumors of wars and and famines and Christians are going to be persecuted and guess what it's the time we're in right now and then we have the terrible tribulation there's gonna be a time that's gonna come a time of trouble like the world has never seen before. And Christians who are alive at that time, they are going to live through it. They're going to live through that time of great trouble. And then lastly, the coming of the Lord. Verses 26 through 27. Christ is going to come again. He's going to come in great glory and power to complete what he started. You see, Christ came into the world. He died. He rose again. And He's coming back again to complete it all. To right every wrong. That's what Scripture teaches us. And it's going to be the wildest victory celebration. So much bigger than a Lions Super Bowl victory. I can just tell you. It's going to be this day. When Jesus comes again. Greater than creation has ever seen. And Scripture tells us, Those who are in Christ will always be with the Lord. Eternal communion with God. You see, Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. But we're not there yet. i got a question for you. Ever been to a mall before? Raise your hand. You ever been hungry at a mall before? Raise your hand. Seems like any time we go shopping, I'm hungry. I don't want to shop. I want to eat. I don't know why. Must be a guy thing. But you're in the mall and you're not sure where the food court is at. Has that ever happened to you before? So what do you look for? You look for this. You look for one of these signs right here and it tells you where you are. Don't you love that? You are here. Okay, and then you can say, oh, there's Subway or there's the Chinese food that I like. And then I can kind of, oh, there's that store I want to go to. Nope, let's not do that. Let's go eat, right? That's what I'm thinking. Uh, So we have that map there. Here's our map. Here's where we are. Let's go to that next slide here. We're here. The birth pangs era. That's where you are. The parousia, that's another word for the coming of the Lord. That's to come, but we are right here. So our point today is this. How do we live awaiting the coming of the Lord? That great day that will come Sometime, we don't know when, that day that's coming, how do we await? And so we're going to find that out today. Please stand, and Connor's going to come up and read Mark chapter 13, verses 32 through 37. Please stand for our Scripture reading. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. This is God's word. You may be seated. Jesus says, watch. He says, be on your guard. He says, be alert. And it makes me think about a recent trip uh, to uh, Florida, and uh, I decided to run on the beach barefoot. Now, the first day I went running, um, I ran with my running shoes on. And guess what? I got. with a couple of waves. I don't like my running shoes getting wet, so I decided I'm going to run barefoot. And so how do you run barefoot on the beach? Two quick points. Number one, you've got to watch your step. You've got to be vigilant. So let me show you a picture of why these little fellas right here, they could do some damage to your feet. They could really take you out of the game and let's go to the next slide here. You can see my foot like approaching it, but I got it down right before, so I didn't step on it. But one of those little shells can cut your feet up, right? So you need to be diligent. Diligent if you're going to run barefoot on the beach. Anybody want to try it sometime? This afternoon, down here at Petoskey State Park. Okay. So first thing is be vigilant. you got to keep your mind here. Secondly, keep moving. Keep moving. You can't just think about what you're gonna do. You've gotta actually do it. You gotta go after it. I was there not to just look for seashells, not to just look at the beautiful waves, which they were in the sun. It felt so good to be in the sun. No, I had a job to do. I'm gonna get my run in. Yep, I'm gonna be disciplined even on my vacation. I got a job to do. There's work to be done, and so we need to keep moving. That by the way, that's how you run barefoot on the beach. You watch out and you keep moving. Okay? It reminds me of a passage I memorized a while back, Proverbs 4:26. We'll put it on the screen. Give careful thought to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Give careful thought to where you're putting your feet and be faithful Be found faithful in what you're doing. So here's our main point today. Jesus is coming again. I mean, that's the thing I want your heart to just grab onto. If you're not a follower of Christ yet, today may be the day. Today today may be the time that you turn to Him and receive Him as your Savior, as the leader of your life. If you are a follower of Christ, I want to... I want you to just grab hold of this. He's coming back and it's going to be the greatest thing that you've ever experienced. Jesus is coming again. Be mindful and keep moving as the day approaches. Be mindful. So let's look at these two points here. Number one, be mindful of the Lord's coming. Be mindful. The greatest thing, here's the thing I want you to be mindful of right now. The greatest thing that could ever happen to you or I is Jesus coming again. That is by far the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. If he were to come right now, it would be by far the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Way more amazing than anything that this life has to offer. Do you believe that? Do you know that? It's where you will enjoy complete fulfillment of your soul. Our soul is always wanting more and wanting other things, even though we have some fulfillment in our lives, right? When Jesus comes again, complete fulfillment of your soul. You know, I I thought about this for myself. You know, I'm at a point in my life, at my age, where um, I have less life in front of me than is behind me. Anybody like me, you don't have to raise your hand. Maybe you can think about it. I've got less life in front of me to live than I do that's already been done. It's behind me. It's out of the toothpaste, right? It's behind me. It's, it's over there. And it's, it's very sobering to think about that. Isn't it? To think about, like, I have less life before me, but this life is not it. There is more to come. There is more to come than we can imagine. and So we need to make the mental adjustment. And Jesus said uh, in one case, He said, uh, Don't gain the whole world here and lose your soul. Be mindful of how you're investing yourself. Think about it. There's something greater to come than what you have now. You see, Jesus is coming again. Get this settled in your mind. Something that we really need to settle in our mind is this, that God is not necessarily going to give you an easy life here. That's what this passage was, is about, and I encourage you to go back and read all of Mark 13 again. Um, God isn't like a genie in a bottle that you just rub when you need something, you know, when he pops out and he gives you three wishes. Um, he's not there for your life of ease. We are in the birth pangs era, Okay. Where there's wars and rumors of wars. We know there's wars going on right now. Two of them in particular. There's earthquakes, famines, hurricanes that occur. And and persecution. We're in the time when things happen to people and it's not good. It's not pretty. I have a slide for you here. Here's the birth pangs era. Just some things specifically about persecution uh, that Jesus prophesied about. He said... You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in their synagogues. You will be arrested and brought to trial. Brother, you see there will be family divisions. Brother will betray brother to death and his father, uh, his child. And look at this one, verse 13. Everyone will hate you because of me. Now, many of these we don't see as much in the United States, but around the world, many people are persecuted who follow Christ in severe ways as these. Now, we do see the last one up there. We do see that happening more. If, if you're a Christian, you're seen as a bigot or a homophobe. If you follow the teachings of Scripture, that some sexual behavior is outside of God's plan, outside of His design. And, and if you believe it doesn't lead to human uh, flourishing, you will be seen as judgmental. Some of you know that. You've experienced that. You'll be seen as restrictive. You'll be seen as not letting people live in freedom. You'll be seen as condemning. You condemn others. You're a bigot. But we believe as followers of Christ that God's truth is loving. And the one we follow, Jesus Christ, He came into the world not to condemn the world. This is John chapter 3. Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. And that's what we're a part of. That's who we follow after. Yes, Jesus is coming again. But leading up to that, it's going to be hard. Don't be surprised if it's difficult. But as you go along the way, remember this. Remember the mercy of the Lord. In verse 20 of that passage, it was talking about during the terrible tribulation time when the elect, the followers of Christ, will be there. And it says that God will cut short those days. Why will he cut short those days? Because of his mercy because of his love for you, his love for me. And so be mindful, don't lose heart. I I took some time yesterday, I pulled this off my shelf. This is a a five-year journal that I did a few years ago. I finished it up in 2021. The years go by, don't they? They don't stop for anybody. (laughs) And I was reading through 2020. I was just looking through it. I got basically 365 days of 2020, do you remember 2020, what went down that year? That was a crazy year! And there were so many difficult things that year. I mean, yes, coronavirus and the pandemic and all that, and then other things that I'd sort of forgotten, but was reminded as I looked through this, and I just felt the tears welling up in my eyes as I was reminded of God's mercy that He got me through that stuff. That He made me stronger through most of it. And I praise Him. God is not going to keep on you more than you can handle. So don't lose heart. The goodness of God. That's why we gather together. To be reminded of His goodness. Now let's think about something together. If it's always easy for you... You never face any challenges. You never get any hate back at you. Why is that? Why would that be true? Maybe it's this. Maybe you're not waving the flag of Christ in your relationships. Maybe you're not making known your followership of Christ and and what you believe to be true. Maybe you're, you're kind of holding back. Maybe you're circumventing the suffering that is a part of the life of Christ. I'm not saying go out and be a, an, you know, an insensitive person to other people. An idiot, if you would. No. I'm talking about are you sharing God's truth? Are you sharing the Gospel? I had to um, share the truth with someone just recently in the last few days with someone who right now is not happy with me. And I can tell you, I would have rather have not had to share that truth. Because it's painful to do that. But it's what God calls us to do. He wants us to be mindful that this life isn't always easy. There's difficulty. And if you're avoiding, if you're avoiding conflict, you're avoiding um, being labeled, if you're avoiding the hate... You need to change the way you're thinking. You need to get your mind right. We need to be mindful about something else as well. About who we follow. And when I say follow, that can mean literally like follow the leader, you know, in person. It also can definitely bring about things like social media and the platforms that are out there. Who are you following? Who are you looking to to help you understand the world you, that you live in? What Christian teacher? What what musician? What organization? Uh, people have been able to become instant gurus in our age by just putting up a YouTube page, right? And putting all kinds of teaching out there. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. There's a Greek word. It's called blepo. Blepo. There's all different kinds of words for looking at things. And this word blepo, it means to really scrutinize, to look very closely at, to make sure that it's real and not counterfeit. And so that's that's the word that's in this passage over and over again. Blepo, blepo, be on your guard, be on your guard. Be scrutinizing. And Jesus said why. There are many false messiahs who have come into the birth pang era. And we could all name leaders who have come who have written books that are on parallel in their religion with the Bible that are false teaching. There are false teachers. There are false prophets. There are false messiahs that come. And Jesus is saying, Watch out. Be mindful. Know the word of God so that you can test what they are saying. Are you a student of God's Word? Do you know what God's Word says? Knowing God's Word is the most important catalyst to being mindful. That's the most important catalyst that you have at your disposal for being mindful about what Jesus is talking about. Here's a famous scripture from uh, Hebrews 4.13. For the Word of God is alive and active Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates to even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. We need to be in God's Word. If you're a follower of Christ, you're watching today, or you're here today, you need to be daily in God's Word. Being nourished by what God has to say through the Holy Spirit. Letting the word fill your mind. Okay? So be mindful. Be mindful. Number two, keep moving as the day approaches. Keep moving. Remember, I'm on the the seashore and I'm looking around. I don't want to step on anything that'll hurt my feet and then I won't be able to run for a couple weeks or whatever. I'm kind of looking around. But I can't just look around. I gotta keep moving. I'm there for a reason, right? Keep moving as the day approaches. Keep moving. Don't don't be complacent. Don't be indifferent to the Lord's coming. Oh yeah, that'll come someday, whatever. No! Keep moving. There's jobs to do. There's people that think a lot and never move. I, I think that characterizes the Western church in many ways. We have more knowledge of the Bible, more understanding than any people in the history of the world. We have so many resources at our disposal. I mean, I've got Lagos on my computer. I can go to the Hebrew, the Greek, the Aramaic, the Latin. I've got hundreds of books on my computer. All kinds of things I can learn from. And it's important to learn. Yes, it is. But it's not enough. We need to be moving. It's Jesus modeled this, how he trained his disciples. It was knowing and doing. He taught them. He trained them. And then he kicked them in the butt and said, Get out there and do it. He didn't quite do it that way. I'm exaggerating a little bit this morning. But he got them out there. He sent them out two by two. And they were like, they came with their tails between their legs. Like, that was hard, Jesus. (laughs) He's like, Yup, you're in. The era of birth pangs. (laughs) You know, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. So, um, he gives this motif. Let's read it. Verse 34 of, of Mark 13. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. So we have the expression here of, I'm going to call him, the traveling man. Jesus is calling his followers to keep moving while they watch. And by the way, I just want to say this. This was a common thread or a common theme in Jesus' teaching. He actually gave four different parables. I'll put them up on the screen here. Four different parables about a man going on a journey. And if you want the notes, you can text Genesis and you'll get those with a little, a little paragraph under each one of them to explain it a little bit. But he told this over and over again. A man went on a journey. A, leader, a king went away. All these different things and there you have them. So Jesus taught on a leader going away to express the important principle of stewardship. That's what it was about. Being a steward. Now, what is a steward? A steward is someone who manages. A steward is someone who recognizes that the things that they have have been entrusted to them, they've been given to them for a time. And then there will be a time of accountability, a time to sort of judge how well one did with the resources that were entrusted. So, Jesus is the traveling man here. He bought the house. He came into our world. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross and He rose again. He bought the house. And He's left it in your care. He's left it in my care. He, he's left His assets for us to manage, to take care of. And the Scripture says He's assigned tasks to you. Are you aware of that? Are you on board with what He has assigned for you to do? Are you faithful in carrying them out? Or or are you distracted? Are you distracted by this life and all the things that are going on in this life? What does it look like to be faithful? Let's, Let's go to... The Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. These are Jesus' words. Jesus says, he's talking to his followers, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, followers of Christ, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Amen? Amen? Let your light shine. Whatever the context you're in. At work, let your light shine. At school, let your light shine. How do you let your light shine? Well, sometimes it's just doing good works. It's helping others. It's recognizing the vulnerable. It's coming alongside and giving mercy to people. Other times, it demands a verbal articulation of who Jesus Christ is. Work, school, the neighborhood. Out and about. Let your light shine. Two specific tasks in this. Number one, sharing the gospel. And number two, making disciples. If you're a follower of Christ, these are two specific tasks for you to do. Not just for Pastor Johnny to do. Pastor Scott, Norm, the elders. No, you, if you're a follower of Christ. Sharing the gospel. What is sharing the gospel? And in the notes, I've got some stuff there that you want to look up. So get the notes. Sharing the gospel though is clearly communicating the redemptive message of Jesus Christ. That's what sharing the gospel is. Sharing his story of coming and rescuing us. His redemption. Can you do that? Are you doing that? In verse 10 of this passage that we're studying, the gospel must be preached to all nations. It's right in there. And we're a part of that. We're a part of bringing the gospel to everyone. I got to hear, a. actually I was at an assessment center for church planters. And one of the guys who was from Romania, we usually don't do people from other lands, but there was a guy here, we were assessing him as a church planter. And he was had read... Uh, one of Charles Spurgeon's uh, books on prayer and revival, and this is what he said in our little interview that we had. Every revival, this is Charles Spurgeon's words, every revival began with open-air evangelism. The people did not wait until the outsiders came to church to share the gospel with them. I think many times in the church we think, I'll bring them to church and then Norm can share the gospel. That's not the the playbook that we have as followers of Christ. The playbook is to bring the gospel out there. That doesn't mean you have to go on a street corner. But bring the gospel with you wherever you go. And then every follower is to make disciples. Disciples. That is the one mandate that Jesus has given to each of us. And of course, hearing the gospel is inclusive in that, making disciples. But I want to give a broader picture. It means walking with others for Christ. Walking alongside of other people, helping nurture them to know Jesus more. As Jesus said, teaching them everything I taught you. Walking with them. Spending time with them. That's why we have microgroups. That's why we have community groups. Chances where we can meet other people and disciple them. Gospel sharing and disciple making doesn't just happen here at church, the church meeting. It does. But it happens out there in, in your lives. In the community. And that's why we're starting a new church in Charlevoix. We have people that come from Charlevoix to church here. And there's a whole city over there. A new church could help bring the gospel and bring discipleship in a more powerful way to a town. So if you're interested in that, even if you live here and you want to be a part of something new, come to the meeting today at 4. It'd be great to see you. Jesus is coming again. Be mindful and keep moving as the day approaches. So I have some next steps for you. Zach is going to come right now. I have some next steps for you. We're going to take the meal of remembrance in just a moment. But but I want you to think about what can I do today? What can I add in? What can I... This message, I've heard it now. What can I bring into my life more so that I can follow the heart of what Jesus is saying? Okay, so that I can be found faithful as the day approaches and and here they are here's some suggestions number 1 regularly lifting voices together in prayer this is a theme for the year here at genesis we're training and challenging everyone to not go to one prayer meeting a month or a week or something like that but make every meeting have prayer in every meeting have a time of whatever whether it be a staff meeting or a small group meeting, just a get-together with someone who's a believer. Spend some time lifting your voices together to the sovereign God in prayer. It does amazing things to your mindset as you pray. Daily reading of God's Word. I already mentioned this. Feeding yourself on the truth of God. Let me just tell you, you are being fed You are being fed. The movies you watch, the social media that you consume, the contexts that you're in, it's feeding you. We have to counteract that with God's Word, with His truth. Are you feeding yourself? Maybe this is the next step for you. You know what? I've been reading the Bible once a week, or every other day, or maybe I just need to do it once a week. That, That would be a great place to start if that's the pace you're at consistent Christian community, consistent, regularly shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow, face to face, brothers with brothers, sisters with sisters, sharing life, like what your challenges are, what you're going through, where you need prayer, letting other people speak into your life. That's how you'll be mindful. That's how you can work towards being mindful and keep moving as the day approaches. Okay, we're going to practice something this morning that Jesus gave us. He gave it to us strategically to help us be mindful and moving as as the day of his return approaches. It's the meal of remembrance. And this meal that we're going to take here in just a moment, it's for believers. It's for followers of Christ. People who have put Jesus in that highest place in their life. And in a little moment, in a few moments, we're just going to uh, pass um, a little cup that's got a little wafer in it. And then we will walk you through that here in just a moment. We'll pass those around just shortly. But I want to read a scripture of instruction here. This is from 1 Corinthians 11:23 23-26. The Apostle Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, He took bread. And when He had given thanks... until he comes. Today we want to proclaim the Lord's death. His death for you, his death for me. So, right now, what we're going to do, I'd like everybody to close their eyes. We're going to have just a few minutes of, of contemplation, a few moments of quietness to examine our hearts. Just you and God. Are you living in a way that is self centered and self focused? and not Christ-centered? Do you manipulate people to get what you want? If so, or if there's any other sin in your life that is clouding your fellowship with God, take some time to admit that sin and to enjoy His forgiveness. Scripture tells us if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness.